What's going on? Good morning. Welcome to another episode. Can we keep it real? We're going to be dropping some good episodes today. We're going to have Coach Randall on, Butterville High School basketball team. He's going to tell us what's going on up there with the Broncos. The Broncos are in a Division II must-win game tonight over East Greenwich. The last game the Broncos played, you know, Shea pretty much handed it to them. They needed to win one of these last two games, either with Shea or East Greenwich tonight. They beat Prout pretty good, so, you know, they could be in good position. They just got to come tonight ready to ball, but we're going to talk to Coach Randall today. You know, and we'll ask him what's going on up there in Barville. What's going on? We're also going to talk to Washington Redskins journalist Maurice Hawkins. Going to call in and tell us what's going on with the Washington Redskins. Adrian Peterson, is he going to be re-signed? Um, haha. What are they going to do with him? The quarterback position, I think right now the Redskins currently hold four quarterbacks on the roster. They got Smith, which don't look like he's going to come back anytime soon this season. You got Colt McCoy. Um, and I think he got hurt. Um, you got Sanchez. And I know there's one more that I can't remember off the top of my head. So we got a good show coming up and we have other guests also that are gonna be calling in today we're gonna have kid from bishop hendrickin that's really trying to work hard back from injuries zach lavinger if i even said that right if not zach i apologize and you could correct me when you come on but zach got hurt last season or maybe this yeah zach got hurt last season um, he tore his ACL. Um, he's going to talk about that and he's going to talk about how he's been busting his butt trying to come back from injuries. So we got a good show today. Thank you for listening, everybody. Rhode Island football, Rhode Island basketball, Rhode Island sports is stepping up. Tonight, basketball season comes to a close. Every game counts from this point on. A lot of good teams, a lot of people are playing very very well in the league you know division one the way that that they have things looking you know like i said barville is in a must win situation against east greenwich westerly bulldogs have been on a tear after losing the first few games they've been on 11 and three tier, you know, going 11 in a row, you know, and they seem to close out the season tonight against North Providence High School. But it's going to be a great, great show. You know, I really can't wait. Hendrick and High School doing great things over there. Uh, we had a episode the other day, Kyle Green came on the show. Shout out to Kyle Green, just committed to URI. Congratulations to him. And then, um, and then I had Sincere Fernandez, you know, his father's good people, Felix Fernandez. I think Felix is going to be on the show pretty soon, helping out, doing a few things, you know, trying to get some things going on. He had some great ideas when, when we talked yesterday briefly. So I think good things are going to come to Rhode Island sports. But in order for me to keep this going, I need your help. I can't keep this going without... 
without, you know, some donations or, you know, some sponsorship. Even if you want to promote something, um, any way that you can help out at all, I really want to get this going. But I can't wait to talk to Coach Randall. I think that's going to be very exciting. And it's going to be exciting to talk, to see what Maurice has to say about the Redskins. Josh Johnson, what's going Are they interested in bringing him back? I mean, he started the last three games with the Redskins, with Colt McCoy, the only healthy quarterback under contract right now. So the, the Redskins need to do something right now. But we'll be back with more. Thanks to my sponsor, HighlandMint.com. You know, you can get all your official NFL memorabilia over there. See Matt Lawson at Highland Mint. You know, he has some... He has a good run on a lot of authentic merchandise, a lot of good memorabilia merchandise, you know. So give Matt a call. Call Matt Lawson at Highland Mint at 1-800-544-6135, extension 175. Or you can email Matt at mlawson at thehighlandmint.com. Creating memories one collectible at a time. The Highland Mint has Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Soccer, NBA, NFL. They're endorsed by the Players Association, the um, NHLPA. So they're endorsed by pretty much all the greats. And they had some great deals. I mean, depending on what you're looking for, they had some nice Super Bowl collectibles. But what's going on, Rhode Island? What's going on, Sports World? You know, shout out to my listeners in Japan. You, you know, it's very nice to see how I'm streaming big out there. But we're getting into the 2019 Varsity Bracket. The best 12 make it in. The top four get a bye. It looks like Hendrickson clearly has a bye um, over there in Division One. You know, a couple other teams been playing good. Cranston East... Looks like they should get a bye. Mount Pleasant should definitely have a bye. And I'm thinking North Kingstown with the overall 18-3, and three, they should definitely get a bye. So them and the teams that should get a bye. I mean, a couple teams should get knocked out. St. Raphael should already be knocked out of the playoffs. Central High School should be knocked out. And Hope High School as well should be knocked out. So the way it goes right now, you'll have Hendrickson with a bye, Cranston East with a bye, Mount Pleasant, North Kingstown, all with a bye, and then the bracket will be set from there, pretty much. But thank you for listening, and you know I appreciate you guys coming on. Go to my Can We Keep It Real podcast page. It's CWKIR podcast page on Facebook, and give that a like. But I can't wait to get into this. Division 2, it's starting to line up. It looks like you'll have Westerly, Wheeler, Barrington. Wait a minute, was, yeah, Westerly, Wheeler, Barrington. And Narragansett, all with a first round bye. You know, them teams been doing very well. Narragansett, 15-4 and four overall. Westerly right now, it looks like they're sitting on a 16-4, and four, which I think it's... I thought it was 17-3, and three, but I'll have to check that. Whaler over here, 15-6. And, and Barrington at 13-7. and seven. 
Now, if Charaho can pull something off, Charaho might be able to advance, step up. They'll be tied with Barrington, and then we'll see where that goes. But Charaho should definitely be in the playoffs, without a doubt. North Providence travels today to Westerly to take on the Bulldogs. North Providence sitting right now overall with 5-13, 4-11 in the conference. North Providence, I hope they're going to come ready to play because the Bulldogs just been very, very outstanding this season. We'll be right back with more. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. We'll be back right after the break. Thank you for listening to Can We Keep It Real podcast. You want to help the show, make a donation. Email me for more information. Support the podcast. You know, advertise a product on the podcast. You know, all I ask is for a donation for any advertising at this time. And I'll also give you, you know, a, a color digital ad. that, And we can also put sound behind it or video. So get at me. Let me know. Let's keep this thing going. I can't keep going without your support. When we come back. We're going to talk a little Trench University, see what they got going on. They got a lineman challenge coming up. So Rhode Island linemen, stand up, get out there, check out Trench University on Facebook. The Silverback Invitational is the way to go. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. What's going on? It's your boy Mikey back with another Can We Keep It Real Varsity Sports Edition on the line. Zach Laverne, Hendrick in high school, sophomore. How you doing, Zach? Welcome to the show. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Thanks for having me. You know, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, anytime I get a chance to um, to have a player, you know, no matter if you go to Hendrick in, you go to Pilgrim, Central Falls, you know, if I could talk to a high school student athlete you know and try to you know give them some props for what you guys do because what you guys do out there it's a lot of work it's hard work and salute to you and salute to your parents for giving you that opportunity to be able to fulfill your dreams and your passion yeah thank you it's, it all comes with a lot of hard work you know throughout the seasons big all season too so football is pretty much this year round for me Nice. Now, you're from Johnston, and you went to Ferry. Now, you played youth football for the Johnston Panthers? I did. I was coached my, by my uncle the last two years. He was our offensive coordinator, so it was always that you know, special family connection. And we've had, we've had some pretty good seasons, so nice. not complaining. So where it all started. And who is your uncle? Um, uncle Bob Enright. All right, so <laughs> Coach Enright. Okay. Um, yeah, um... Johnston always, you know, I remember growing up, even their high school team at that point, they had a pretty good team, pretty good field. Um, so. I remember games and stuff with my friends from, like, middle school and stuff. Some good times. So now you finish you finish going to Ferry Middle School. Now you're approaching high school. What led you to go to Bishop Hendrickin? You know, I was stuck up between, you know, LaSalle and Hendrickin and stuff, but... No, I think one of the main reasons why I chose Hendrickson is, like, not because, like, they're academics, even though they're just amazing, but they just, like you said, breed football players. And, like, that's what I want to be someday. So why not go to the best school in Rhode Island that just, like, creates football players? So, and that's why we made that decision. 
Yeah, I mean, Hendrickin does breed football players. They breed, I mean, you had Will Blackman that went on from Hendrickin, you know, and there's been yeah, some... Yeah, just like so many other sports too, like basketball, baseball, all that good stuff. Even Hockey. rugby, right? Hendrickin's the only, you yeah, know, the only school in the state around. that has yep. a rugby team. Now, their yeah, football team... pretty good. Yeah, their football team is just outstanding. Their basketball team, you guys won the freshman championship... And now they just went on to win the basketball championship. We talked to Sincere Fernandez, you know, a couple days ago. And, um, you know, now he's getting ready for baseball. And, uh, you know, a good kid. So you guys have, you know, a big team. And when you come back from injury, you'll be competing for your quarterback job. Now, how did this injury happen? What was the deal with it? What happened to you exactly? Yeah, so it was happening in early September. So, like... Towards the beginning of the season, I was just remember it was like a run to the right, and just just got got called, and it was the hole, and I took the hole at like run thirty yards downfield. There's one guy to beat, you know, towards the end zone, and I just made a move on him. That was just too quick and like too sharp for my knee to handle, so the ligament just snapped in half, and then just knew it was terrible injury. Definitely one of the most painful too in all sports, even though it's the most common. Now, what have you been doing since then to rehab back? Are you working with any trainers? Is Hendrickin yeah, you know, so, working you know, with you? Yeah, I've been seeing um, Coach Joe Maynard at Hendrickin, so our, our uh, trainer there. And I go to uh, Lower Cap Physical Therapy at least two times a week. Those people are just so great. You know, they're helping me get back on my feet, you know, back up with, like, my personal coach and stuff out of Bridgewater. Nice, you know. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Um the off, you know, even just off-season condition, but working your way back from an injury. Did it happen on turf field or grass? Happened on turf. Now, you played on turf, you played on grass. What do you prefer? I mean, I prefer turf because it's just a lot, a lot easier to, like, move around and stuff. And, I mean, it looks more professional, too, so that's always a plus. Well, I'm glad you're not holding your injury against the field. Um <laughs> But, yeah, because a lot of people are saying, oh, turf is more dangerous, there's more injuries, you know, it's... it's no, I think if it happened on the grass field, it could still happen. It's just, no one really to blame here. It's just things happen for a reason. Yeah, my son goes to Westerly High School, and, and his field, I say it all the time, you could play golf on that field. There's so many holes, and, and that's how players really get hurt, you know, not taking oh, care of your field. That's an issue. Yeah, and you you know you sprain your ankle, you you pull an ACL, and before you know it, God forbid, I'm you know I'm glad you could work back from it, but sometimes you could be in a position where it ruined your not only your you know collegiate career or your future, but you know your future in general because towns don't keep up on maintenance like they should. Yeah, I know that's it's just an ongoing problem. Now, what do you guys got going on for baseball coming up? Um, I know the basketball tournament's coming up for the seniors. You know, everyone knows Hendrickin's, you know, good on their varsity team. Um, what's going on at Hendrickin for baseball? Are they stacking a good team this season? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, one of the coaches, you know, him and I, I have him in class. Well, he has me in class. So, like, I don't know. I don't really talk much about baseball. I'm not really that big of a baseball guy, but, you know, basketball so I like going to the games and stuff you know we have a really good team definitely gonna make it all the way this year nice now when you wear your Colden Hendrickin you know your shirt your jacket do do you get that wow factor when you walk around town like people like oh my god you go to Hendrickin dude oh yeah you know everyone asks me like how it is and stuff and like 
what like factors like made me go here and just I like I said nothing bad to say about the school. Right, and they do got a ac- good academic program, and I mean their football oh, yeah. program is outstanding. What is a normal football day like at Bishop Hendrickson? So the summer practices are from uh, Tuesday to Thursday. They're usually, and then uh, like uh, I think it's early August we start up every day, two and a half hours. So I mean, like it's a grind, but you know we we, we get through it, and that's why we're so successful, always working. Now, you have off-season conditioning as well. Do you guys, like, work out year-round? Yeah, so um, usually we'll start up, like, early morning, like, weight room stuff. But um, usually before that, like, I have a personal trainer down in Bridgewater, Coach Mike McCarthy, his Instagram handle, the M2QB Academy. You know, he gets me right every single year. So if anyone out there is looking just to get some extra work in and be, like, reach their protect like fullest potential i definitely message him because he's just the best in the business yeah what you do is um when we're done with the show just text me his uh email handle and i'll make sure i get it all in text so we can you know give him a shout out too um yeah personal trainers are great um a friend of mine you know well he's been on the show Christian Sermos, he's running Trent University, and it's actually a, it's a Rhode Island University for linemen, and he's having a, a clinic tournament coming up on March 9th. The registration cutoff is actually uh, February 22nd, but you can go to like Trent University on Facebook, and he does it all for free. Um, the tournament's $35, but he sends your film to college coaches, and you know, it's not too early as a sophomore to send your film to college coaches because that's when colleges really start looking at at players what college would you like to go to what colleges would you like to go to man i mean i like like i don't know i definitely like a d1 program you know being in contact with college coaches now in like my sophomore year is just looking like a good possibility so always keep my options open and only time will tell well you know i have um the UMass coach comes on my show all the time, Coach Ryan Mc- McCormick, and he's um yeah. he's a great guy, and like he has people from D1 transferring every year, um you know because it's just it's not really what they thought it was gonna be, or it's just so hardcore. And collegiate football is collegiate football, so you know he says that you know there's a lot of D1 players that went on to really not even be able to hold a job and then he sees d3 players running fortune 500 companies so don't get all crazy on d1 d2 d3 collegiate football is collegiate football and a d3 school yeah, like, football, like, football. I, I completely get that you know and you know you know so just make sure the school you go to you go for get you know a good education get a good backup plan because the percentage is very low of you know players making it so i always try to tell kids work for that goal you want to get to the nfl and also work on a backup plan you know tom brady didn't know he was going to be the goat so he studied business in the process you know, so always, you know, have a um have a backup plan. I talked to Kyle Green from Hendrickin. Um, great kid. He committed to URI and he's gonna study like sports, uh physics, sports science, he said, because he always sees himself involved in sports. But keep training, keep working hard and anything is possible. I like to see all you kids go on and 
see all you guys oh, yeah. on the on the big TV screen and say he was on my show when he was young. Yeah, like I think if you just if you work hard, you know, you dedicate everything you have to what your passion is. I think you can. The sky's the limit. Like you just you can just do anything you want if you just work really hard. And like that, that's what I'm doing. That's mm. what I'm focused on. That is the goal. You gotta be, you know, driven. You know, some coaches, I tell, like, if you're going to be a coach, you got to be all in. Because coaches don't do it for the money. They do it because they love the game. And there's coaches like, you know, Coach Croft, Coach Miranda, Coach Gerano, uh, Coach Fulton. That these guys do it because they love the game. When Thanksgiving comes, the season's over. They're in their office the next morning preparing for the next season. That's a coach. So shout out to all them coaches. Um, yeah, you're gonna be doing good things, and um, you know, thank you for coming on. And anything else you want to promote, or anything you need to uh, that you want to talk about or discuss that we didn't mention? I mean, no, that's pretty much it. Any shout outs you want to make? How about what's? Give me some of your. Yeah, I mean, where do I start? You know, I'd like to thank my dad, you know, for setting me up with like Coach Mike and, you know, giving me support throughout this injury. You know, my mom, my brother, my sister, my grandparents, you know, my girlfriend for their endless support throughout all this, you know, tough time in my life. Don't stop and now. Just, like, Keep all going. The amazing people that work at physical therapy. You know, I'm forever grateful and blessed for all these people. Nice. And how about, um,. You know, students, friends of yours, athletes. Who's going to be an up-and-coming? Oh, yeah, all my friends, you know, keeping me motivated. Like, you'll get back out there. You know, all my coaches reaching out to me, asking me how I'm doing. Just I'm just blessed for all these people in my life. Who should we watch out for coming up on the football field next season? Some up-and-comers that really excelling in your class. In our class, let's, uh, man... We're all pretty good in our own ways, but I definitely have to say, maybe Andreas, Noah, um, let's see, maybe Isaiah Emanuel. Like, those are guys to watch out for. They're going to have a great year next year. I hear a lot about, is this Sanchez, Angel? Sanchez, Angel, yeah. He's, he's um, going to be a senior next year. He's, he's amazing. Nice. You know, I wish all you guys a lot of success. Um... And I encourage everybody, it don't matter if you go to Bishop Hendrickson, LaSalle, if there's a Friday night game, you ain't doing nothing, go check out your local high school football game. Basketball championship starting. Hendrickson looks to get a bye. You know, Mount Pleasant will get a bye. Um, you know, I think Cranston West is going to earn a bye. So, you know, support local sports, support local football, and... Um, Anytime, Zach, you want to come on, um, anything you want to talk about. Oh, before I let you go, we mentioned off air, you're a big Patriot fan. Who's the GOAT? Of course, Tom Brady's the GOAT. How can you say he's not? There you go. Does he play till he's 45? I hope so. I'm rooting for it. I know he is too. Yeah, that would. I think the hatred fuels him, you know. He's fueled by all the hate. But um, go Patriot Nation and... This was the year to beat them. You know, they got 12 picks coming next season in the first three rounds. You know, from all this wailing and dealing that Belichick was doing the last couple of years. Malcolm Butler, you get a pick for him. You get a pick for Lewis. You know, you get a pick. All the, He's got picks coming from Chicago. He's got picks coming from everywhere. So, the Patriots are only going to get better this year. But thank you for coming oh, on. And um, anytime, buddy.
Exactly, Laverne. Hendrick in high school working his way back from an injury. We're going to see him out there balling again very soon. Shout out to you. Shout out to all your teammates. Always keep it real. Always keep it authentic. Have a good day, Zach. You too, Mike. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Zach Laverne, Bishop Hendrick in high school. Don't go nowhere. Up next, we got Maurice Hawkins coming on right now. Good morning. Welcome back to Thursday's edition of Local Sports. What's going on? I'm your host, Mikey. How we doing? This episode is brought to you by Trench University and the Silverback Invitational, Saturday, March 9th, 2 p.m., West Warwick, Rhode Island. Get your tickets at TicketsTaylor.com. The event will be at 37 Hepburn Street, West Warwick, Rhode Island. Rhode Island's first one-on-one tournament. Any money made in this event will go to the Pancake Scholarship, helping underprivileged kids compete in sports. Players, bring your cleats and your mouthpiece. This event's available from 10 years old all the way up to 18. And go train at Trench University if you're a lineman. Check out their Facebook page, Trench University or Trench U. Welcome back. Uh, We still got Coach Ryan McCormick on the phone. And Ryan actually had the pleasure of knowing, working with Liam Conan, if I said it right, from the L.A. Rams. He's the wide receiver coach. How you doing, Coach? Welcome back. And um, tell us a little bit about Liam. All right, so I played for his father. So Timmy Cohen, who's, who's in the Rowland Coaches Hall of Fame. Um, he's in the Providence Gridiron Club Hall of Fame. He's in College Football Hall of Fame. He's, he had, he's kind of was a very impressive influence, obviously, on his son, Coach Cohen was the head coach of Sal Regina for the first eight years of the program um, and never had a losing season. And I coached high school before and a little bit of high school after and never had a losing season. Um, I met Liam when he was, at the time, 11 going on 12 years old. He was just a kid. And at the time, Liam, um, you know, been around the program. Actually, no, I, I take that back. I, I met him when he was about eight years old. So, and then by the time I was done playing, he was 12 years old. So, 13 years old so he was always around because Liam's an only child and Coach Cohen you know put a lot of time in like most coaches um in recruiting game planning designing so Liam was always around so he he basically for you know eight years of his life from the time he was about four or five years old time he was about 12 13 years old was was in and out almost daily of a college football program that was highly successful so he got to see football at a really high level. And he, he would keep in mind he was the only child, like day in and day out. So the focus was always on Liam. So he got to really understand football at a very high level. You know, I mean, he, he probably knew more going into high school out of middle school than most high school coaches. I mean, yeah. he saw more football. You know, and his, and his dad was a very smart coach, one of the smartest coaches I ever met. Um, <clears throat> so... Even though he was, you know, he would do things at practice like to kind of help out, either set up drills or like be around the quarterbacks or the offense constantly. You know, so like he he really he was in meetings. I, I played on defense in college, but I was also the long snapper on specials. And you know, he you know I'd walk by the offensive meeting room in Salva, and he was always in there. And he was you know he'd take notes, which is crazy because like it's a kid, you know, you forget like 
he was a real smart kid, and uh, I say kicks him older, but he, um, I got to see the total evolution of Liam Cohen. So his dad left Salve, which is really kind of weird thing because he had won, he had gone to at the time, he had won five straight conference titles in eight years, and gone to three bowl games in four years, and I, I was lucky enough to be part of all that. And the four years I played there, we only lost five regular season games in four years. So, um, and they were all close. And he, uh, you know, so Liam got to really be around that. And then when the opportunity opened up at LaSalle Academy, they were looking for a new head coach. And he wanted his son to go to a Catholic school because he had taught and coached at Salve for such a long time. He really wanted that type of an education for Liam from a character standpoint. It kind of was like the, the ultimate of best of both worlds. He could go there and be the same high school where his son was going to. So at the time, it was as me as a player, I'm like, why would you leave such a successful college? We were the best college football teams in the country, literally, in Division Three. And for two of my four years, we were the number one defense in the country, statistically. So, um, so he, you know, he went on to LaSalle, and Liam, when he was a freshman, played freshman football like anyone else because he wanted him to have that experience. And his sophomore year, he had beat out a senior because he was he had evolved so much. And he didn't. And Coach Cohen didn't start him because he was his son. That was not. People had said that out externally. They didn't know the situation. Didn't know. But Liam had progressed so rapidly as a as a football player, as a quarterback. I mean, by the end of his sophomore year, there was NCAA NCAA teams, the Division One level, swooping in to see this kid every week, and. By the time he was a senior, he had won them three state titles in a row in Division One, and uh, went on to UMass Amherst. He was recruited by Donnie Brown, who was the head coach there at the time. And Donnie's now the D.C. at Michigan. And he started three games in his freshman year at UMass Amherst, which is really hard to do. You know, at the time, they were FCS before they became FBS. And he brought them to a national title game. And he, he lost in a close, really battle royale game but his junior year, and people don't know that, don't remember this probably, he took Boston College to the wire. And they should have beaten them. He got hurt in the game. He had a bad high ankle sprain. We couldn't even walk the rest of the game. They had to pull him. But he was, before he got hurt, he was going in to take the lead. That was a Boston College team at the time. that was very good. Yeah, because he was a four-year starter for the Minutemen, right? He was a four-year starter, um, three-year all-conference player, Brought them to a national title game his, his junior year. Um, lost in a battle with, with Montana at the time. In a really close game. Um, and then took BC to the wire. Literally, I think they lost by like six or seven. The only reason they lost because he had to come out of the game. He literally couldn't walk. And right before he got hurt, that final drive. And he was like a Tom Brady-esque, just slinging it. Marching right down the field. I remember that. It was impressive. And he coached um, for Brown, I think. You are right. And I think the... So here's, um, so here's, here's his kind of lineage. He thought he was going to get drafted. And at the time, he came out the same year as Flacco. And there was this, all this hype of Flacco being out of that conference, the CAA, at the time. So and he actually had just as good numbers. You go look it up. Just Flacco was six foot six and had a real powerful arm. Well, it said he actually had the, um, the fourth best scoring offense in the CAA. Yep. So he... He, his first coaching job, he graduated in 08 from UMass. He got a coaching job at Brown as the quarterback's coach. They left and did one year at URI um, and then left to go do two years back at Brown. Then he went to UMass Amherst um, and then he left UMass Amherst. 
to go coach at UMaine and was very successful at UMaine as a passing game coordinator. And then what happened was he, he had got hired initially in December of, of 2017, late December, when Bobby Chesney became the head coach of Holy Cross. He was at, only at Holy Cross a couple months. I don't think it was a full two months when the L.A. Rams out of nowhere contacted him. What had happened was it was a guy he had worked with at UMass Amherst that really loved him as a coach and said, hey, said, said to McVeigh, with it, you know, they've got a lot of young up-and-coming coaches on the staff they're really driven, really smart. And say, hey, this is kid. He said, you know, I say kid because I'm 42. And Liam's in his early 30s. You really got to look at this. Just a just a really kind of progressive guy. And, you know, very successful career playing and coaching. And so they brought him in for an interview. And they, and they hired him. Now he gets to prepare against his idol, Tom Brady. Because I read an article that said he was a big Patriot fan. He sat in Foxborough Stadium. So now he gets to try to prepare. And that's what he does, right? He prepares for the defense, right? His job there is preparing ways to attack Tom Brady. No, no, no. He, so he's an assistant wide receivers coach. So basically they brought him in, from my understanding, from talking to Coach Cohen, his dad, and talking to Liam a little bit, is that he is, is the, what they call the assistant wide receivers coach. But he kind of helps bridge the gap as a quarter, ex-quarterback and former quarterback coach between the wideouts and the quarterbacks were more of a neurological standpoint as far as like being cerebral. He's really smart. So, you know, so that's like his niche on the staff is that he, he's in all the quarterback meetings and the wide receiver meetings and then the, the passing game meetings, both personnel wise and coaching wise. So he's really kind of a behind the scenes guy with play action stuff, um, passing concepts. So he's a really integral part of that staff on offense. So, um, and, and don't be surprised, five years from now, he's, a, he's an OC in the NFL. He's really, McVay loves him, from my understanding. He was offered the BC offensive coordinator job this past uh, late fall after the season ended at BC, and he turned it down to stay with the Rams. He was offered a $400,000-year salary to turn down. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, in the NFL, I mean, I'm sure he's making good money, probably not $400,000, but some people are content with where they're at, and he might be trying to build something you know, maybe going forward, like like you said, a coordinator job in the NFL. And when winning teams start to win, their coordinators start to look great. Look at New England Patriots, Matt Patricia. Never thought he would make a great head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's all about situational. you got to be in a good situation. Um, I think he's in a very good situation, obviously. I think he's learning a lot from the guys he's with, which is invaluable. If you can get around people that are really willing to show you their knowledge and show you where, where they learn from and that's really valuable I think it's for him I think it's a smart move you know I, I you know I'm sure the BC job was a, was a very intriguing thing financially and otherwise and his grandfather coach Cohen's father Tim Cohen's father was a, was a was a captain at BC many moons ago and I'm sure that was intriguing to him but you know if he has success in the NFL going forward like he has this year, those type of jobs will always be there. The more you progress upward, and as long as you're around good people, your career continues to go forward. And I think and he's a real smart guy. He's not going to say anything dumb in front of the media. Uh, you know, he's like again, that goes a long way. He's a really humble kid. I say again, I say kid. You know, obviously he's a man. Right, because you're older. But, you know, he, he's a he's a humble guy, and he he's willing to work, and that and that's why he's been successful. We learned from his dad. His dad was one of the best coaches I've ever. You know, his dad hired me my first ever job, uh, right before we left Salve. Hired me as a GA, 
and then his DC Arthur Bell became the head coach and retained me and I learned a lot from Coach Cohen so my, my time playing and my half year coaching before he left so you've been in football ever since you were playing football pretty much right yeah, I've been in football since I was a kid. I mean, that's totally so, amazing. That that's like a dream for some people. I mean, just to even to, to clean up the stadium af, after a game or get to watch the game. I mean, that 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 is awesome. But um, what do you think Liam's doing now to get ready for the Patriots, knowing that you know him? Um, knowing him, he's probably breaking down. I mean, they they have to do the required media stuff every day. It's part of their day. That's why the, the the week leading up to the game is kind of a lot of fanfare and hoopla. So that's that's something they have to. They always have to meet with the, the media, you know, during the season as part of what they do weekly. But the week of the Super Bowl, they're doing it daily for hours on end, and that's just part of the, the deal. So when they're not doing that stuff, which just takes up a big portion of your day, unfortunately, it's required by the league. They're breaking down film. I mean, they're, they're they're probably having practice sessions, going over stuff situationally. I mean, because mostly they got their game plan already set, right? Like, Belichick got that Ernie uh, Adams, which is great. I think they're tweaking it. I think they're adding stuff to it they feel that could give them an edge. Right, but 90% you know? of it's probably already, like, because, you know, they got so many researchers, I'm sure, over the NFL. And um, I, I know Ernie Adams that Belichick has is phenomenal, man. That guy is just, like, he's right up there with Bill Belichick. You just don't see him. You know, yeah, he's kind of more behind the scenes. I mean, they all have guys like that that work behind the scenes, but I think what Liam's doing right now is, is probably spend a couple hours every day minimally watching film, a couple hours in practice, a couple hours watching film with their players, showing the concepts they're trying to establish. And then I think there are also meetings of the staff saying, well, if this happens during the game, kind of like playing devil's advocate, if this happens, what is our answer going to be? You, know, you, you always In the NFL, it's everything situational football. So they got to be very ready for if something crazy like blah happens, how fast are we going to react to to make it not a, a worse situation? Or if we have a good situation where we have a turnover, how fast can we get points of turnover to, to, to get an edge? And so the NFL is a very – you spend hours and hours and hours watching film and preparing. It's it's a 20-hour-a-day job, and those guys aren't getting a lot of sleep this week. Right. You know? Before we but, jump but – the, but, the, but the reward is worth it, so – you know, you think of the number of guys that ever coached in a Super Bowl. There's been 50-something Super Bowls, Mike. Each team has about, for just coaches, not the support staff and the trainers, about a dozen or so coaches on staff. And, and some guys have coached in multiple Super Bowls, multiple places. You're talking the top, you know, thousands, you know, 12, 1,500 guys ever in the history of the NFL, and half of them aren't even alive anymore. So you're really yeah. talking the top 1,800 guys ever that are still walking the earth. So that's a really high-level person. No, you're you know, absolutely that, right. It's incredible. So, and, I, you know, I, I think he realizes the opportunity. The Rams are a good team. Do they have the firepower to beat the Pats? Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, so it, it's going to be a good game. You know, this, I do not think it's going to be a blowout either way. If I was to look at these two teams, I think they're really smart coaches. A little bit different philosophies, but similar in theory that they will all work really hard. And I, I think they're going to come out, both teams are going to come out guns blazing. Um, I think it's going to be, this is going to be a fun game to watch. It's, it, for me, it's tough because, you know, Liam's dad was such a big, integral part of my coaching career. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, it's going to be, I'm going to be torn. You want Reason, that for him. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you want him to be successful because it just proves who taught me, 
who started my career, what he was teaching his son as a, as a young coach was the right information. It just kind of proves where you built your base from. Exactly. Which, which if you look at the lineage of Coach Cohen's former assistants where they're all coaching in high school and college, they're all very successful everywhere. Now, I'm sure um, Liam's in his hotel room, right, waiting for me to drop my next podcast. Nah. But <laughs> what words of go. encouragement? Yeah, exactly. What words would you tell him right now if you had to give him a message? Um, I don't know how much encouragement he'd really need. He's pretty locked in. But, um, well, you're someone the, that like, comes from his moment. past. One. Um, number two, you know, it, mentally to make it so it's not overwhelming, it's it's just another game. And number three, l- remember where he, his his uh, teachings from his dad and his former coaches he's been around through his career. You know, he's had a lot of good coaches around him that have taught him to build him up to what he is. And just take those teachings and and uh, use it as fuel and information to to be successful. And he's he's done that so. I mean, it's no surprise that he's where he's at. It is to other people, but not me. You know, I, I, I could, I could see, I could see how he's going to continue to be successful forward. Well, I mean, don't be surprised. You know, Bill Belichick and his, you know, spot his staff tries to poach him. You know, he, he always brings in young, smart guys that he can continue to evolve and build up. And uh, he's that type of molded guy. He's real smart. You meet him, you, you like him. Like he's a really down to earth kid. But he's really smart. That's awesome. I like the fact that we have another Rhode Islander stepping up big, you know, because there's a lot of people that go unsung or they don't get the recognition. But, I mean, he's in a spotlight where you can't hide in a corner and not get noticed. But congratulations to Liam, man. That's awesome to have a Rhode Island history in the Super Bowl. And, you know, which it ain't the first time, but it's awesome that he's there. And you can attest to his father's coaching skills because his father taught you a lot of what you know and you bring to the field today. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't talk to his father daily or weekly, but I, I, I always try to check in with Coach Cohen periodically. Um, he's a good guy. I messaged him after that game when they won, and he was you know, ultra excited. He was at the game. Um, and that's where I got that picture was from his dad. There's a picture with Liam and their, one of the assistant coaches with the – NFC, uh, NFC Conference Championship Trophy, and that's a really, um, really awesome picture. You know, great picture. And his, I'm sure his dad is ultra proud, um, and 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 justifiably so. You know, his his son worked really hard to do what he's done, his playing and coaching career. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, the Patriots just look so fired up after that Miami game. I said they look like a totally different team. Like they're just yeah, on I mean, point. They, they've got something to prove too. So I, I think it's I think it's a good matchup. I'm excited. I think if anyone doesn't realize this is going to be a good game, they're kind of fooling themselves. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Who you plays know? the underdog card better than the Patriots? Well, it's a way they're using it as fuel. I think um, smart way to go. You know, they know they they know the Rams got firepower, and they know they got good kids in D, good guys in O, good coaches. You know, there's a reason those four teams were there at the end in the, in the AFC NFC championship games. Those were the four best teams. Yeah, you know, they the definitely Rams, were. The Chiefs, the Pats, and don't be surprised going forward, those four teams are around at the end again well, for, for a little while. I mean, those four good football teams. Terrell Owens will say that if the Rams win, you need to put an asterisk next to it because of the blown call. You know, do you yeah, think... Every game like this, I mean... The problem is the media focuses on that, but there's other calls that could lead to other drives and more scores. There, no, the, 
the Saints had plenty of chances to win that game. You know what I mean? Before that. It never comes... The media will focus on that because it's so easy to focus on. And, uh... And, I, and actually, I, I liked all four teams at the end. They were both, all four really good football teams. And I said, these teams all have firepower, all have good coaches, all have good players. Um, they have the least amount of off-the-field drama, really, when you look at it, compared to other teams in the league. Yeah, you know, and I they, mean, they all four deserve to be there, so for different variables. Um, but just the way that whole play went down, and then you had all the the Twitter investigators that were investigating the case. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, people... There's a, there, if you throw a stone, you can find a... Yeah, uh, definitely. But you seen a referee... You seen a referee running up, yelling at the other referee, saying, don't you throw that flag. And then it comes to find out that some of them referees were from L.A. One of the referees was actually um, a former Ram. I mean, but I know it's so fast, but it happens. Should the NFL have someone up in the booth that could say, hey, that was a flag, throw it? Well, it has to do with, with every year the, the rules change a little bit as far as everything in the league and the and the, and the owners and the and the the, clo- the coaches vote on this stuff. So they go into big meetings, they all vote on it. And the same thing happens at NCAA level. Our ADs vote on stuff with our head coaches. So I mean, depends if the rules allow for that to be reviewable or not. And they can change that and fix it. But they, it, it's never going to be perfect. It's hard. Like nothing because there's human error. There's, it's never going to be perfect. You know, people say, well, it was, it was because they were L.A. guys. Ah, that's a big level of stage. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm just saying that, you know, that's just what people are saying. But um, I don't I know. Mean, there's been so many calls over the years that could have gone either way. For But for a big call, this was like, I think this was one of the worst blown calls because it affected a Super Bowl game. It affected oh, yeah. who goes at a crucial point. Yeah. Now you know, I, I get it, you know, but I mean I've the Rams deserve to be there. Against me that way and calls over my career that have helped me in that way. So. Yeah, I mean they can't review pass interference. No way. It'll just be too many game, too long. Now the overtime thing with the New England thing, right? Kansas City don't get to touch the ball. College does it a different way. Should both offenses be allowed at least one possession? Well, I mean it's it, 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 I I I like how the NFL does it. Because there's been teams that have gotten the ball first, marched down, and and and, and, and missed the kick, or marched down and stalled, the, uh, you know, trying to go for go for the win by a touchdown. I mean, it's football. That's part of the game. I mean, I mean, a lot of know, it has to do with prime time and other, you know, TV companies paying big money, and they don't want the game to constantly run so long. And then another part has to do with player safety. They're out there four quarters already. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in every. They should do this, or they should do that. It's 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 tough. I don't I don't I like the way we do it in college, but I also like the NFL. And I think there should be a little bit of a difference because it, it makes it different a little bit. If you make it exactly the same the rules, then well, it becomes vanilla in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Everybody's got different opinions. So you're you know? gonna be watching the game saying, "Yeah, Patriots. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, yeah Patriots." It's be, again, it's gonna be <laughs> tough because, like, you know, I mean. I, I just hope it's a great game, and whoever wins the end, you know, it's. I hope it doesn't have to come down to like a call or anything. I hope it's just so none of that controversy. I just want it to be a great game, and whoever does the bet most work wins. And I hope it, it helps both teams down the road. I mean, I'm a yeah. diehard Patriot guy, and Seattle Seahawks. I thought that I said, you know what, I'm happy now. And then they get to Atlanta, 
and they go yeah. through them and I was like this is all bonus yeah I mean this is all like you already made your stuff for the day this is all extra I mean and so if they win awesome if they lose congratulations to the Rams I'm not yeah. really gonna be bitter about it you know but I want to see Brady now do it as many as he can because it's history yeah, it's impressive, and it's exciting to watch, and it's definitely intriguing. It'll be very hard to replicate ever again. No, you uh, would never, never. You never. Mike, you never know, man. And, you know, but I, I, I do agree it would be very hard to replicate. I mean, but yeah, Mike, so. I got to run. Um, no, that was great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ryan, and uh, we'll be in touch, and um, I'll send you a text a little bit later. Thank you very much for coming on again. I appreciate it, Mike. Go Patriot Rams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye-bye.